0: For over a decade, I have combined four generations of family, matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, each week I bring a guest on to talk about dating and relationships while answering your questions. You can ask a question by visiting askamatchmaker.com. This week's guest is Candice Jalili. She is the senior dating writer at Elite Daily and has written over 3,000 articles in the relationship space. Outside of Elite Daily, Candace also has written for Cosmopolitan, Tinder, Swipe Life, and more. Her book, Just Send the Text, A Guide to Letting Go of Your Dating Anxiety, will be out with Tiller Press, an imprint of Simon & Schuster, next week. So if you are enjoying this episode as you are listening, what I want you to do is visit those episode notes and pre-order Candace's book. There's a link right in the episode notes. It's right there. Click it buy her book. It comes out in a few days and we, we really want her to succeed because it's an amazing book with tons of advice as you're going to find out soon enough. Definitely the book for the singles toolkit. So, wow. I've really gassed you up. Candice, welcome to Ask a Matchmaker.
1: (laughs) The best intro ever. Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) You look really young. What do you know about dating?
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I am really young. <laughs> well, I'm 27. So I don't know, like for some people that might not be really young, but I think of myself as very young. I but think
0: 3000 articles. I'm not, and by the way, me saying that I'm just, you know, I'm just playing with you. 3000 no, I- articles is nothing to bark at. Like that's like insane.
1: Yeah. I think I know about dating from two levels. So there's the article level I've written about it ever since I was, a. Uh, have said 3000 articles counts from like my career as a writer but even before that when I was interning um I interned at Cosmo so Mm -hmm. that kind of like put me in the field of relationships so that's when I started kind of like professionally studying relationships but I've been an awkward person trying to date I mean since I was like seven (laughs) so I've got the personal experience there as well but Yeah, I just think it's like I've got both sides of it. And I think having written so many articles, I've gotten lots of people reaching out to me about their experiences and asking for my advice about things they're going through. So I feel like I've gotten this sort of unique lens into modern dating and like what people are struggling with. And I really try to, with everything I write, just sort of make people feel like they're not alone and that like all these weird dating experiences and stuff like Everyone has different versions of the same problem, is sort of the conclusion I've
0: drawn. That is definitely a conclusion I've drawn too, especially right. lately. Sure. Yeah. So I want to read an excerpt from your book because I got an advanced copy. And I love this book, but I really do think that your intro of the book sets the tone for what we're about to read. So the book is called Just Send the Text. And I'm not going to lie, when I received the book, I thought, oh, great. It's going to have all these templates of like what text to send because I love stuff like that. But no, it's common thing.
1: I've got lots of people being like, oh, this is going to be great. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. That's all it's going to be." It's a
0: book about empowerment and like having control over your feelings. So, So here we go. Jack ghosting me told me everything I needed to know about him and me. I wasted months stressing over someone who didn't even like me enough to send a reply. I wasted half a year of my life when I could have instead been doing literally anything else with that time. All it took was that one text to set me free from my own anxious misery. So yes, that is the genesis of the title, Just Send the text. But just sending the text is about so much more than hitting send on a rant-filled, late-at-night text to the person you've been pining over for months. It's about going with your gut. It's about rejecting the idea that you have to bend over backward to make people like you. It's about having the what-are-we talk the minute you start wondering what you are. It's about telling them you want a relationship, even if you're worried it might turn them off. It's about responding to their Text without consulting seven of your friends. It's about blocking them on social media if seeing their post is shoving you down a toxic rabbit hole. It's about proudly letting all of your most embarrassing freak flags fly high. It's about knowing that for the right person, the real you, red flags and all, is more than enough. Most important, just sending the text is about saving your anxious thoughts and sleepless nights for someone more important than some stupid boy or girl or non-binary person or whomever you're into. Ooh, I want to go through each of these lines. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's do it.
0: (laughs) So, uh, you know, I want to learn more about Jack. I want to learn more about what happened there.
1: Yeah. So I tell this story in the intro about a guy who I was so into in college Basically, the moment I decided I liked him, which I think is a common thing for most, I'm going to say woman because that was my experience. I'm a woman. I don't think I can speak for other people. For most women, I know that lots of us deal with this is you decide you like someone and then you feel like your goal in life has to be to get them to like you back, like to play every game, to play all your cards exactly right, to make sure that you don't like send one too long text. The banter has to be perfect constantly. Mm-hmm you have to play hard to get but not too hard to get you have to like do all of these things exactly right and I felt like it just got to the point where I was not even myself anymore I was kind of like a shell of me I was just trying so hard to make this person like me that I ended up losing myself in the process and it wasn't until it was like months after that we were over and like kind of tried to rekindle it a few times that I finally decided that I would just tell him how I felt so I mm. said sent- long text it was the first text I ever sent without like consulting eight of my friends and he ghosted me (laughs) it was like and it was before ghosting was a term like there wasn't a term to describe what that is yet so I just was like what happened I I had no idea what could have possibly happened to him I didn't think he was dead because he was posting on social media but um (laughs) I just I was so hurt I was really hurt for a while but then I realized like I just wasted so much of my time trying to make this person like me and that text that like weird text of me professing not my love but like telling him that I was really into him that was the most me thing I did throughout the entire time of knowing him like that was the most right. authentic I had been and he rejected that immediately and his right def- I, he did apologize later on how much Which- later on so this was college, I it was summer of college, like June, when we came back to school, fall quarter, he apologized when we like ran into each other. But mm-hmm. I mean, I don't take that as- like, By a- then you have like found closure? mm mm-hmm. At that point, I was, re- I remember I felt very cool about this. He had texted me asking if I wanted um, to talk further. We had seen each other out that night and I- Said, I felt like he said everything he needed to say by not responding to me. So I wasn't interested. Ooh, yeah, and I just, I look back on that and I'm like, man, I just wish I would have, first of all, if I had been open in myself, maybe things would have gone differently earlier on. By the time I said something, it was way too late. Mm-hmm. But even beyond that, it's just like, God, I wasted so much of my own
0: time. Do you ever think about texts that have? Well, I guess you do because you a book about it. Do you ever um, think about like the texts that like shaped your future? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like, tell I mean, me, tell me, give me, give me, give me your top three. I'll give you, you, you give me your top three and I'll share my top three.
1: Does it have to be texts I've sent or can it be texts that I've received also? It
0: can be. Yeah, both, both is fine. I'm okay. really excited.
1: I'm really excited too. Okay. Um, so the first one I'm going to say is kind of a controversial one my current fiance, we live together. This is our apartment. The day we met ended up later that day making out with someone else. So I had no intention of speaking to him again, <laughs> but he texted me after that <laughs> persistently. persistently texted me like for a week straight so much and called actually, I wouldn't be engaged right now. If it weren't for that, I would have just never thought about him or spoken to him. I had his number, but I would have never like reached out. Right. So that's a that's a big text that changed my life. Do you have any other ones? I met a guy. These are all romantic. Did you want not romantic ones?
0: No, I want romantic ones. Sorry,
1: sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, there was a guy that was dating before my current fiance. This was so cheesy of me, but I thought this was very cool in the moment. I put my name in his phone as Candace in parentheses, love of your life. So that wasn't a text, but that was a movie. <laughs> really bold choice in the moment. It could have gone either way. Uh-huh. And he ended up text. and he didn't live in New York, but we had been out in New York. I was like not expecting to hear from him again. He texted me bold move on the contact name.
0: <laughs> right.
1: And we ended up like kind of dating for a year after that. <laughs> if I didn't do that weird contact name, if he didn't text me that, he would have been someone that just like fizzled into the distance
0: yeah probably that's pretty bold i love that that's fantastic and is your third one this guy jack oh the third one is definitely that one yeah mm. that's a huge text
1: that like was a changing point for me that in terms of texts that i've sent that was like the a very but there's
0: definitely a, this like confidence that's coming through on the second one yeah. um and the first one is just proof that i mean gosh she's your fiance now but like it's just proof that there are men who want to be in relationships. Even the guy that does not want to be in a relationship, even Jack, he probably wants to be in a relationship. It's just not with you. And the moment we can give ourselves permission to just not be with everyone, it just makes it easier.
1: Yeah, I really think that's such a big thing. And like I talk about that in the book too, but like so much of our anxiety, I think a lot of the time is just wasting time with people who just aren't right. Like who aren't, and by aren't right, it like ultimately just comes down to aren't right for you. They don't want to be with you. Right. Aspe- accepting that and being okay with that, huge relief.
0: Before I forget, now that you said that, like one of the most common questions that I get every Wednesday when I do ask a matchmaker is, you know, how how do I make him my boyfriend or how do we get exclusive or something along those lines? And my my answer to that is always the same. It's like, sometimes you're so focused on the label yeah. that instead of asking could we be (laughs) you should be asking should we be
1: oh my god a hundred percent and it's like you could feel that like sparks excitement with someone but you still might not work yeah you know as much as you want it you just wanting it to work just isn't enough
0: so I'll tell you the three texts that changed my life should I do them in order or should I do them from like best story to like depressing as hell story
1: well, should we go depressing to fast? Like okay,
0: we'll do we'll do depressing. Which 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 luckily enough is actually in order. So
1: <laughs> great.
0: <laughs> so it's great. Okay. So um, I dated this guy who I would come to find out that he was cheating on me, but he was also cheating on the person he's with. So basically he was living this like double life. And when she had asked him about me, she he had told her that I was his roommate. And that he would never, yeah, and that he would never um, date someone who's fat like me. (gasps) I know. And this is when I was at my thinnest.
1: I hate this guy.
0: Right. And like when she told me that, because she called me, not then, she called me like, I don't know, eight months down the line and she tells me this and i was like wow he had no problem having like sex with me like you know it's like like i was just kind of going through i started laughing it was like it was hurtful but you kind of like laugh cuz like i've already found like like i've we've been broken up now yeah 6 months yeah
1: you're, um, you're far enough removed from it that like he doesn't have that power over you necessarily
0: but... but he did have a lot of power like that relationship i'll talk about it one day in a future episode but it, like emotionally like just was really draining well anyway so he so he said that to her and I guess he finds out that I had talked to her because I don't know something they might they probably got into a fight like whatever happened and he texted me saying you know I thought about him a lot before she called me and not in the sense of like oh you know this is a person that I should be with or whatever no it was like wow that was a really emotionally draining relationship I really lost myself in it I'm so glad I'm out of it. And you know, when that happens to you, when you are emotionally drained by someone for so long, God, that took me years to get over. Mm -hmm. Like I I was, I was dating my husband and I was still trying to get over that relationship. Yeah. Cause it was hurtful.
1: I can imagine.
0: Anyway. So, so here's the text. So he texts me. Something like, I I don't have, I don't remember because I delete, I blocked him right away when that happened. But like, he said something like, Maria, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean for any of this to happen or whatever. And I wrote back, <laughs> I knew I had to write something that kind of like, and did it right then. Like, I don't want to talk to you more. You know, what she said was really hurtful that came from you. And I'm going to believe her. And because you did hurtful things to her too, that I knew of, you know? So it's like, So the the best text that I could muster to send to him was I think it was um fuck off from this fat girl. Like in quotes. Oh my
1: love. I was was going to fuck off. And then he made it even better.
0: Yeah, and like and then um and then like it got delivered and then I blocked him. Like that was like I didn't wanna we're done. Amazing. And so it's like something like that. I don't remember the right words, but I remember saying from this fat girl, like I wanted him to know that I knew what he said to someone else about me Yeah. when a I'll post a photo of myself when we were dating, like I'm like really hot and I can't stand the fact that like someone looked at my body and told another person I was fat. I'm like, no, like so awesome. my worth is so much more than this and yeah. get out of here. Like we dated for a really, like a pretty long time for him to like say that. So anyway. So that, that's the first one. The second one, it was that he ghosted me. I've talked about this, I believe in my Jared Freed episode. So like a few months ago, um, over the summer, but this guy ghosted me after a couple of months of dating. And I mean, like I was calling hospitals in Italy to make sure he hadn't died because he had not posted on social media, nothing like I was like concerned.
1: Yeah. I mean, which is the natural thing to assume if you've got like an ongoing thing with
0: somebody. Like the week before that happened. Oh my God. When I was reading your book, I kept like thinking about this guy Mm -hmm. because a week before he ghosted, we were at South by Southwest. We were dancing. We were already like like a couple months in, we were dancing. And I said to him, Hey, I'm falling for you. Like I'm letting him know. Yeah. I'm, I'm there. And like, that's a natural feeling to have. Like we're sleeping with each other. We've been dating each other. You've met some of my friends already. Um, like Uh, we're, we're by Southwest together. Yeah. yeah, You know what I mean? And so I felt in that I was, I've been vulnerable in front of him before. Like I felt like, you know, we're two months in, I can say this to you. Yeah, And then a week late and he's, and I said, is that okay? And he said, that is okay. Like he acknowledged that. Right. And then a week later he disappears. It turns out that he was, he had a girlfriend in a different city. I I wouldn't know this by the way, for months. So I had to find my own closure. So I just pulled up this email I sent to him. So he reaches out to me like three or four months later to say, you know, Hey, I'm so sorry about what I did to you. That was wrong. I was actually, I I had a girlfriend and like, and I was like, the fuck, you know, whatever. So I didn't say anything. I was just kind of like, comatose receiving these messages so this second text is actually not a text I actually wrote a email so I'm not going to read this whole email maybe I'll read it in a future episode but I'm going to read you an excerpt from this email it's like a glorious email of course he didn't respond I don't even think he read it he probably saw my name and deleted it
1: those are for- but you know what the email is for you though Exactly. I know, but
0: it felt so good. Exactly. It was like what you said in your book. Like, I was like, you know what? Yeah. Like I really, listen, this is not the advice I give every week. I always tell women, if you really want to send that text, send it to me, send it to me, right. send it to me, Maria, <laughs> you know, because you're never going to get the closure you need from that guy. No. So you agree with this. You're like, not going to get the closure.
1: If you're sending the text being like, oh, this is, he's going to give this to me. That's never going to work. Just, you cannot expect someone else to do for you what you need to do for yourself. But if you right. think that text is going to just personally, whether or not he responds, make you feel better. Go for it. I don't care.
0: Yeah. So here's what I wrote. <laughs> it's so bad. It took a long email. So I wrote. You said, whatever I say about you, I am right. Well, I was so surprised by our speaking again. I was unable to articulate how I felt. And now that I have a conversation of you apologizing for being a coward, I have so much more to say.
1: Oh, this is good.
0: You, you're not a coward. You're mean. You are hurtful. You know what you did was hurtful, but you kept at it for three whole months. You lack compassion and kindness. You are selfish. You are not worthy of my love.
1: Oh, I love that. And answer. then-
0: I go on and on and on whatever. And I wrote, that is something like he had written in the original message. I wrote a real apology, something like, first of all, whatever. So anyway, go on. Secondly, your original message to me ends with XX, kiss, kiss, question mark. I question if anyone has ever said no to you before. And then the last thing I wrote, like I, I keep going on. Then I said like, I wrote, what am I supposed to do with statements like, quote, you gave me some of the best times of my life and I will be forever grateful for you and cherish them? End oh, quote.
1: God.
0: I'm not dying. I'm fucking here. <laughs> you left that. Yeah. I don't even care anymore. But I find it so incredibly interesting about your par- quote paralyzing fear. That was like, it's such a beautiful email. I gotta it's I really am gonna post this on my Instagram when I get the balls to do it. Cause it's just such a good email to read out loud, like a monologue.
1: I've heard I've loved.
0: Yeah. Thank oh, you. I thank you. It. Okay. So the third best text I've ever, I have received, this is the third best text. And this is a received to me when I met my husband, I knew I needed him. I needed him to know that I liked him. And so when he asked, when we exchanged numbers, I made sure I texted him a photo of me looking cute. And he replied back with like, you're cute. But that's how I want him to save me in his phone. Like Maria, like, and you know, people say, text me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I texted him my full name with my photo, not with a cute photo where he'd have to comment. Right. So here's the best text he ever sent me. He sent me the next day. He was trying to find like any reason to message me. Yeah. And the person who introduced this was one of my coworkers who needed to buy an outfit for an event. So he yeah. was like, Do you need to go to Macy's to buy an outfit for that event? She's like, yeah. He goes, do you want to go with me? Like, I will go with you. And so he, so he started taking photos of her, you know, out of a fitting room and he just started texting me. And that's how I got, like, that's how we started texting each other. I was like, oh yeah, that looks good. And he goes, he's like, what are you doing now? And I'm like, I'm actually just watching Taken, the movie. And he just starts quoting back Taken. And that is our, that's our texting. And I think, I, I always think anytime I see, what's his name? Neil, Liam Nielsen, excuse me. I think about my husband.
1: <laughs> oh, I love that. I don't know so, it's a warming
0: note. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like, you know, sometimes I know this is so corny to say, especially if you're single hearing it, but it's true. One day you're going to meet the person and you're going to realize why it didn't work out with anyone else.
1: Mm-hmm. And I hate giving that advice because I feel like it's the most annoying advice when I tell people like, oh, when you meet the right person, I'll just be easy. Like it'll be
0: whatever. It is easy. It's so easy. I set up people and they get married and every time it's that setup, it's like so, it's so easy. It's like just smart. like vibe. Mm-hmm. They disappear. That's- I never talk to them again. It's great.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, because there's
0: no need for you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Candice, uh, how do you feel about, taking some questions. Oh my God. I'd love to. I'm so excited. Okay, great. So I've got two questions for you.
1: My name is Ashley and I'm 42 years old and live in Toronto. I'm going on dates, but in today's climate, I feel like it's easy for men to get flaky even before a first date. I feel like it's affecting my mindset. Is there a better way to handle rejection, even if it's from a stranger? Yeah. I feel like I get a lot of this question. I get lots of people messaging me about feeling like just so Unable to deal with kind of like the amount of rejection right now. Mm -hmm. I sort of look at rejection as I talk about this in the book too. There's two ways to handle it. There's the downward spiral, which is just like the classic, like, oh, like I'm not good enough for anybody. I, this is never going to happen for me. I'm never going to find love. Um, and then there's the upward spiral, which I think of as yes, you're gonna like, I mean, it's impossible not to if you're feeling like everybody's flinging on you and it's just not happening. It's really hard not to feel down. So let yourself feel that way. But know in the back of your mind that when you do meet someone, it's going to be so much more worth it after all of this. Now you know that you're looking for somebody that's accountable rather than someone who's going to be flaky. Like just try to be cognizant of the bright side as well as like what's happening right now. And then another thing I would say in terms of apps in particular, I'm a big fan of if you're feeling burnt out, taking a break. Mm. You know, I feel like sometimes when you're forcing it too much, you're not in the right headspace for it either. And it just kind of doesn't happen when you're just kind of in this like negative place in your head. So maybe take a break, focus on you for a little bit, work out. I mean, it's hard to hang out with your friends right now, but virtually hang out with your friends as much as you you
0: could still virtually hang out with friends. Like I know people are really zoomed out right now, 10 months into this, but you know, one of the best ways to get away from the flakiness that exists is to change up the people that you're meeting. And what I mean by that is that what you just said, taking a break from online dating, totally do it. But you still have to make an effort. I feel this is just my opinion about meeting new people. And I get that we're in COVID. I get that right now. You know, the the day that we're recording it. United States an hour ago just recorded 400,000 death. And that is just uh, a crazy number. And it's a sad number. And, you know, not everyone's in the mental headspace to date. I get that. However, the thing about flakiness and rejection is, and those are two different concepts, right? yeah But flakiness does feel like rejection is that the people that tend to flake out the most are people that you don't really know. Like you're just an avatar on a dating app to these people. Removing yourself from that avatar can have a significant impact on your mental health by like understanding that you're human. And one of the best ways that I would recommend is to go through your friends, you know, a really popular way that people um, date in Greece, you know, is, and I say this because I've had f- my cousins get married this way is they actually go through your photos and look up people that are tagged and see like, who are you friends with? And that's a really good way to meet someone. It's like, you can just reach out to your friend and be like, Hey, tell me more about this person. Are they available? And if they say no, well, do you have any other friends that are like this person? Because this person looks really interesting. Like I looked them up online. I saw what they do. Like, do you have any friends like this? And I think by doing that, you're able to kind of hone in to like, you know, kind of keeping the feelings in reality versus feeling that spiral, that's that downward spiral that we can easily feel with someone that you don't even know. and You don't even know if they would be anything, even if you met.
1: A hundred percent. I think it's so easy. It's almost, I mean, it's like a game, right? It's set up to look like a game. So every time you get rejected on there, it's just going to make you feel like you lost. And so it's just right. a natural effect on you. It's like the high you get when you get that text from someone that you're interested in or whatever. It's just like our brains are wired to feel that way. It's so natural to feel like I'm being rejected and it's never going to happen for me. And I'm just like, so down when people are flicking on you on this little, like, game that we're all playing
0: how do you feel about talking to multiple people at once so that way if someone's rejecting you or someone's like you don't even you might not even realize it you might not be
1: i have mixed feelings on that i think that if that comes naturally to you you should totally do that but i think if you're doing it to almost like numb yourself there's a little danger there like if you're not interested yet and you really are just like exploring multiple options i think that's great I think in the past I've used apps and datings and like purposely almost like dated multiple people in the beginning stages. So I don't look like the dumb one if it doesn't work out with the person I actually like. I think Mm -hmm. doing that, you're kind of just like, I don't know, I think it's like aiding an anxiety that I think you kind of need to sit with that on your own and try to figure out why you feel the need to do that.
0: You know, I kind of like the idea of... It's weird. Cause you're talking to multiple people online. They're still different. They're not, hu- it's hard to be human if you don't know each other.
1: Yeah. I guess what I was talking more about like in real life. Like if you're like, right.
0: I don't know. I feel like pre pandemic, I always thought it was okay to like date, maybe date one or two people at a time. So that way you're a little distracted instead of like wondering when he's going to text you because the beginning of any relationship can be pretty nerve wracking.
1: Yeah, the eggs in all baskets, like putting all your eggs in one basket is just automatically an anxiety inducing thing. And I think there's like a fine line of trying to manage that anxiety, but also like you kind of have to embrace it after a certain point when you like someone. In my opinion,
0: I think, listen, you know, I remember I met my husband and um, I actually had a second date with a guy coming up a few days later and I knew I liked my husband. I remember thinking like, this was probably the guy I'm going to marry. But I still went on that second date with that other guy who, by the way, is a lovely person. I'm I'm friends with him now, I guess. He's like a really nice guy. He's good looking. There's nothing wrong with him. Yeah. But I remember on the second day being like, oh, you know what? I've checked out. I can't date this person. i I really like this person. And it just gave me like that reassurance.
1: Yeah. See, that's when I'm all for it. I am all for exploring your options like wanting to like go right. and I I was dating like multiple and I so was my fiance when we were first I told you he was making out someone the day we met <laughs> um we were both kind of like dating around in the beginning of our relationship but I think like as soon as I started to feel like I was more serious about it it's almost like that desire goes away naturally for mm. me it was the times when I was continuing to date other people even though I didn't have the desire anymore just because I didn't want to look down if the other person was dating someone that I really regret looking back on.
0: Right. I get what you're saying. Okay. So for this next question.
1: Hi, Matchmaker Maria. It's Julianne and I'm from Virginia and I'm 31 years old. Is it a good idea to go on a date with someone who is moving back abroad next year? I think that it really depends on what you're looking for. Like, if you're going into it wanting a serious relationship, no, like, absolutely not. I wouldn't. Like, because I'm just like, why not? Why wouldn't you? You're wasting your time. Like, what are you going to catch feeling? I, I talk about this in a chapter of my book, just on the text. I talk about like time wasting people. Uh huh. I just think so many people don't want to waste their time. So many people come to me. I don't remember the exact percentage, but there was a, we got like stats for the book. Uh huh. You gov, and it was something like, of women's biggest fear and anxiety in dating is wasting time. And I'm like, well, if you're going on a date with someone who's inevitably going to move to another in a year,
0: excuse me, Candace in one year,
1: are you you open to moving with him? If you're just trying to be casual and have fun, totally go for it. But if you're looking for something serious.
0: So wait, does that mean that you're also, are you against long distance relationships?
1: I am sorry. Like I, I okay wait hold on I'm not always I am if there's no end in sight and I think if the guy's in another country I mean I don't know what this woman's situation is maybe she's open to moving to another country that also changes things but if he's in another country and you're in your country and have n- neither of you have an intention of meeting halfway it's such a waste of time I've got some feelings on
0: that oh my god my I have, I have like heart palpitations right now <laughs> I I love that I disagree with you on this, like like with the, every fiber of my being. I want
1: to
0: hear. I want to hear what you have to. Say. Okay, so change my mind. <laughs> yes. So okay. So first of all, I should preface by saying this that my husband and I had a long distance relationship for six years. Six years. When was- I met him, I didn't think it was going to be six years. I knew it was going to be at least two.
1: Okay. My
0: husband worked at a university in Boston. I worked in New York with my business and because I was, you know, I was more flexible with my schedule. I was able to go, you know, for a week and a half every month. And then the other two weekends, he would come down to New York. So he'd come down from Thursday, either Friday to Sunday or Friday to Monday. So collectively, we still saw each other like 12 to 14 days a month but we lived together for 10 days at a time. So I would go up there from Friday until the following Sunday.
1: You guys had a plan of like, we'll ultimately end up.
0: in we had a plan. So I get it long distance, not for everyone. There has to be an end in sight. If you told me when I started dating, it was going to be through our dating, through an engagement, through a marriage, pregnancy, and our, our child's first year of life. I would have been like, get out of here. That's not happening. But you know, my husband had this career opportunity and I had my own career opportunities and we just had to make it work. And we did, we we did make it work when we got married and when we were, when I was pregnant and when we had the, when we had our first kid, my husband was down, you know, Thursday to Sunday. So he was still here half the week, like commuter relationship. And you know what book justified it for me? Michelle Obama's becoming book, which came out a month after my husband finally moved in full time. But even in her book. She basically described the same relationship she had with Barack Obama when he was a junior senator, okay? It was the same thing. Like they were basically long distance now. So putting that pre-facing my life to the side for a second, right? Right now, it seems like everyone is moving. Everyone is looking at new opportunities because of the reality that we live in during global pandemic which I fundamentally believe you should be dating wherever you are. So if that gentleman is dating in Atlanta, then he should be dating. If he's living in Atlanta, he should be dating in Atlanta for the next year before he moves. Now, whoever he dates, he needs to tell right away. Hey, I, I'm moving to Germany next year. Yeah, A lot can happen in one year. I have seen people get married. I have seen people get pregnant. A lot can happen in one year. And there's a lot of opportunities for a lot of people, not everyone in different countries so here's what here's what could happen here let's say it works out again going back to your book shoulda coulda we're not yeah. sure if this person is even the right person for you we don't want to elevate him we don't want to put him on what do you say in your book
1: i hate the pedestal
0: the pedestal the pedestal we don't want to put him on the pedestal especially someone who's moving away he gets a little bit of a you know the pedestal
1: that's exciting wait you know?
0: it's exciting yeah okay so putting that pedestal side. let's ignore it do you like him do your values align? Why is he moving? What opportunities exist for him there? Are they better for him? If they are better for him and it's going well after six months, if you've been dating for six months, if it's going well, if you see eye to eye, if you believe that this is the person that you could have, you have the same three-year goal alignment. For some people that's get engaged, married, kid, right? Everyone's different with their three year goal alignment, but let's say that that's what it is. You need to start looking for opportunities in that country too. And so this is this is where I disagree with you. I think I don't think it's an automatic no. I think it's a let's not put him on a pedestal yet, but let's let's figure this out. And if we like each other, then great. Let's let's move.
1: I liked your question of do you like him? Like I think Right starting with that place like if you do really like him you know I don't want you to I went in harsh but I don't want you to wonder <laughs> what if but if right. it's so warm I still am with like I wouldn't waste my time but if you really do have this strong like I like him and I want to see where this goes then yeah you go for it knowing that you're you might be moving to
0: Germany yeah or wherever yeah Germany is just the stand-in country. Germany is my stand-in. I don't know why I picked it as a stand-in, but, you know, it's the stand-in for me right now. So it's it's good. You know, a, a lot can happen. And I think American people are one of the most mobile people in the world, right? We can pick up and move to a different state anytime, but for some reason, we think less about moving to a different country. And it's usually because of like visa issues, right? But- by exploring a little by seeing hey does my job allow me to move can i can we you know if it works out and you can get married there's other there's always different ways to get things done and i think i think instead of focusing on oh my god do i need to move it's exactly what you just said now it's okay do i like you should we be dating you know yeah put the country away to the side let's focus on us and after six months then we can decide what the future is
1: yeah i think there's gotta be that initial me personally that spark in the beginning has to be there to make it worth it for me to even go on the date but if I know, like, I feel, I don't know about you, but like, I feel like when I first meet someone, I don't know if she met him in, per- did she say she met him in person? She didn't, but let's just
0: assume she did.
1: Yeah, so if you meet someone in person, I feel like you know how you feel about them more or less, if there's someone you're excited about or not. Right. you Your, ex- and she must be excited about him to a certain extent she's calling in with this question. That's the only reason why I'd be like, okay, we'll go give it a whirl, but just know in the back of your mind that you might have to be making some life changes if this works out and be okay with that. If you're you, so, you, you
0: could make life choices about anything. And you know what? We've all had to make, make life choices the last year. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I love this question. That was a great question. Thank you so much, Julianne.
1: Conversation starter. All
0: right. So before we wrap up, I want you to tell me your biggest takeaways from writing your book.
1: The survey that we did with YouGov, I think there was a lot there in just like I was surprised in the numbers that we found. I'm not going to be able to give you specific numbers off the top of my head, but just like the the amount of women who are so strong, I would not have expected wasting your time to be such a fear for so many women or the amount of women who like specifically said they stalk a guy's social media with the intent of finding out if they're hiding something or lying
0: about something. Oh, wow. What was that? Do you remember? I
1: don't remember. I want to say it was like a quarter. Wow. It was, it was something that was like surprisingly high to me because I just like, yeah, you stock to just kind of stock, but like to really specifically be looking for like them to be a con artist or something was surprising to me. Um, but yeah, so that was a pretty big takeaway for me, but another was just that like so many people, I mean, I've interviewed like over 50 women for this book so many great like they were all awesome like there's so many amazing women who are just like so cool and so deserving of love and they don't believe it just because of like their experiences or like who like it was the first question of like not necessarily guys being flaky always but like so-and-so rejected them or they've never been in a serious relationship before so they don't think it'll ever happen for them or even if they're okay with it other people are like making them feel badly about being single. And I just really wanted to do something that would be uplifting and empowering for those people that you do deserve love. And you're awesome. Like there's no need to feel badly about yourself because
0: of someone else's opinion of you or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like, I don't know if you found a survey about this, but I see this a lot where like women can put men on pedestals with regards to like height, status, money, Without and just completely ignoring all the red flags.
1: Hundred percent. I mean, I don't know if it was as much um, status, but I think a lot. Of, I got a lot of like attraction, and I think that initial spark that actually I was just saying I think is a good thing. So just like a good gut check in the beginning. But I think a lot of people I spoke to use that. Spark that one spark of like the beginning. It was so great. We had this great first date. We had this great banter. We had this great X, Y, Z, and you can't get past that. Like it's right. like they are that person in your head, this like amazing, awesome human in your head. And they never really come quite down from there. Even when they start showing you their true colors further down right. the line throughout the courtship I and all the
0: relationship. I mean, that's, if I were to put something, something new in my email signature, it would be that, that the, the initial spark is overrated because how many times have I told women, how many times have you had a, felt a spark with someone? It didn't even go anywhere.
1: Exactly. And like we said, I think that spark kind of, I do think like, I mean, there should be something right. Like you should know if you like someone in that moment. Right. But I do think if you give that spark too much power, it can be so toxic and so right. damaging and right, so right, right, right. You're used to these like high highs, low lows, like so excited just to like be getting like a scrap of their attention. And that's where I,
0: I noticed a lot of people ha- struggling with that. So your book comes out next week. We a, can pre-order it.
1: You can pre-order it anywhere you buy books, Amazon, Barnes &
0: Noble. It's called Just Send the Text by Candice Jalili. I have the link in the episode notes. So if you're listening to this and you want to read more about candace's findings you can check it out link it buy it mm-hmm. and uh and lots and also support you know independent i'll probably include um the strands please, please or or some independent uh bookstore in the episode notes so love supporting independent bookstores okay.
1: You're right around the corner
0: yeah how can people find you how can people connect with you
1: um you guys can follow me on instagram at candace jolili it's just my first and last name and
0: That's it. I'll include that in the episode notes as well. So again, Candice cannot wait to see your book out in stores. Happy for you. Congratulations
1: for having me. And
0: thank you for listening to ask a matchmaker. If you enjoyed what you heard, you can always rate review. And of course, subscribe. If you're interested in joining one of my group coaching intensives, just so you know, it happens every first weekend of the month. So it's Friday from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern time, and then Saturday and Sunday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, we have people that join group coaching intensive from all around the world. We've had Australia, Germany, Canada, Alaska. I mean, I know Alaska is part of the United States, but it might as well be just a different, a different planet. <laughs> uh, so if you are interested, definitely check out the link in the notes to join because spaces are limited have a dating relationship question, you can visit askamatchmaker.com to submit your 60 second audio question or your written question. I like both. You can also follow me on Instagram at matchmakermaria for more dating and relationship tips. Until then, be lovable and more importantly, be likable. See you next week.